Welcome to the Kingdom Convos podcast. This is your host, Diane Wong, and I believe that the best story to share is your story. Featuring church and industry leaders, practitioners, and other guest speakers, our goal is to make conversation on God's kingdom through storytelling. I pray that these conversations would ripple out into your local communities, organizations, and beyond. Welcome back to season three of the Kingdom Convos podcast. In this season, we are talking about racism, diversity, and the church. And in this episode, I have my friend Josephine here with me. We're both Asian, and we're (laughs) going to shed some light on our perspective on racism because a lot of people, um, when Black Lives Matter, like the conversation in 2020 started rising up again, a lot of my friends were asking me, how have you experienced racism as an Asian person? And there just seems to be a lot of curiosity around it. So today we're going to talk about our experiences as Asian people, um, how we feel like our culture plays into it and just how it's affected us. So without further ado, (laughs) I'm going to throw the ball into Josephine's court and um, Joe, why don't you just start off by telling us what was like your first experience with racism that you can recall? Yeah. So thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. Um, my first experience with racism. So, so my parents, they're both from China and they're both born and raised there. They moved to the States when they were a lot older. So obviously their English is a little bit broken. Um, You know, they took English classes, but they still have an accent. They definitely look Asian. We all look Asian. But um, my first experience is probably just racism from from people to my parents. Um, People were always racist towards my parents. You know, as a kid, you you really can't be racist to a kid because that's just cruel. Um, But we would go to restaurants and, um, you know, we would go to places like Chili's or really American restaurants and the waitress, the waitress or the waiters would always be pretty racist towards my parents going like, you know, I can't understand what you're saying or just being really rude and standoffish when we would see them talking to the, the table next to us and having a good time, you know, with the white family and just making jokes. So people are pretty standoffish towards us as an Asian family. Um, and my parents just being Asian coming from China, they, I think they experienced it, but didn't really realize that, you know, that it was racism because that's all they experienced coming to the States. So I would say that my first experiences were always towards my parents. Yeah, totally. When I think about this question, I think I just like my earliest memories are just I recall people just walking up to my parents and just like making fun of them because they don't speak English. And honestly, I've experienced a lot of that in my own life too, where when I went to ESL at school, like kids would make fun of the ESL program or they would make fun of me and just turn around and ask me, oh, are you going to eat fried rice today? Just really (laughs) like petty things like that. And even as an adult now, like I feel like what my parents and our parents have experienced, I have experienced the same thing. Like people just assume sometimes that because I'm Asian, I don't speak English, even though I was born and raised in Canada, just like how you were born and raised in California. So it's just, yeah, racism is 
a very real thing. And as a disclaimer, like Josephine and I have talked about this and we definitely do not feel like we experience the same kind of violence and racism that black people experience. And we want to make that very clear that like we understand that full well. But um, this episode is more on just sharing our perspective around um, Asian American um, racism. So yeah, Josephine, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, so when you were talking about as a kid, the students would be like, do you have fried rice or make fun of ESL class? Um, I had a lot of, so, so where I grew up, it was a pretty diverse place because I grew up in Southern California. So there is quite a bit of diversity there. But as a little Asian kid, people would um, always be like, oh, where's your sushi? Where's your chopsticks during lunchtime? They would always make fun of me like, oh, are you eating dog? And I'm just like, what? You know, there's all these different stereotypes that I learned about towards the Asian culture through other people who would kind of make jokes about that towards me. And I wouldn't say they're trying to attack me or they're intentionally trying to be racist because we're all just six years old, you know, at, you know, at, on a school playground. So I feel like they probably learn that from like their parents or from TV shows or whatever they hear, because as a six-year-old, you really don't know that much about racism, I feel like. So I would definitely say growing up, you know, I started to pick up more and more on the different Asian stereotypes and the different Asian jokes that people would say to me, but I would, I would just be like, oh, whatever, that's just playground banter, you know, and whatever, let's just make fun of everybody. So I kind of went along with it. I would laugh and be like, haha, like, I don't eat dog, you know, I really didn't take it to heart. But then I feel like it started to um, instill some Asian shame in me, because I started to really hate being Asian since I was in elementary school. I was, so I, my first language is a mix of Mandarin and English, but I was in ESL growing up. So I started hating speaking Chinese in public. I, I hated being Asian. I hated bringing Asian food to school during lunch. I hated having my last name, which is Wang and it's Asian. And um, I just hated like, I guess being Asian, but I never really realized that until later on in life. So. Yeah. And to add to what you were saying about the playground, I don't think anyone's like born racist and you don't intentionally make fun of people um, because you're trying to be racist when you're six years old. Like I just, I am a little bit more optimistic about children and (laughs) their intentions (laughs) and motivations. But at the same time, it's just like the, the fact that like, they were making fun of you because you were different and it's because um, you were doing something and eating things that they're not used to. Right. And I feel like that's exactly where racism stems from. It's from like the lack of understanding of cultures that are apart from your own. And I think that's where real prejudice and real biases stem from. And also to your other point about not wanting to bring Chinese food to school anymore like that is such a real thing and I think (laughs) that was probably the most like prominent thing that has affected my childhood 
I remember my mom used to make dumplings and put it in a little thermos for me and like just put so much effort into my lunch. It was so sweet. But when your dumplings sit in a thermos for that long and you open it, I guess it smells like really strong. And a lot of the kids at my school like weren't used to that smell because they would just have sandwiches or um, those microwavable like fettuccine Alfredo meals. <laughs> and I remember they would always make fun of the smell. And I have this distinct memory of me eating dumplings in middle school. And I felt so ashamed of it that I went like to the staircase at my school and ate under the stairs by myself just so that I wouldn't quote unquote, offend anyone with the food that I was eating. And, you know, like we talk about this now and it's like ridiculous, but as a kid, like that really chains you to like take on a lot of that shame that you were talking about, you know, and um, Josephine and I have talked a lot about how we have been racist towards Asian people before. And it's taking it's taken me a long time to get over that racism towards Asian people, because I think somewhere along the way in my childhood, I realized that I would be cooler, like, quote unquote, cooler if I acted more whitewashed or just. Yeah. So then I would start making fun of Asians with the like other kids. And that just caused me to take on a lot of shame and a lot of um bias towards white people um, over Asian people so yeah and I I just want to say I was never I guess intentionally racist towards Asians as a way to hurt them but I feel like I I did try to separate myself from other Asians by not fitting into the stereotypes Um, so I mean I was really good at math my whole life and I really do like math but since that's a stereotype I would be like, oh, I don't like math. I hate math. I'm not even good at math just because I'm Asian. You know, don't be racist and make assumptions about me. So I would I would really try to separate myself from Asian stereotypes. And by doing that, I feel like that is me playing into the racism. But I never like went up to an Asian person and did anything um, mean or racist towards them. But I did try to put myself more into the white group of uh friends or Hispanic and I did try to separate myself because I thought that being you know whitewashed or being Hispanic was cooler and fitting in with that kind of crowd was cooler than being part of the Asian crowd yeah yeah I don't think I've ever like openly said something super racist to another Asian person but I I remember in high school like I lived in a pretty diverse area as well in Vancouver there's a giant Asian community and I remember just like there's there's the Asian Americans slash Canadians just if you were born basically in North America versus the people who came from China right so there's the exchange students and I found myself when I was in high school like really separating myself and like making it known to everyone that I was not like one of those students who came from China who was just like learning English and I like felt myself having like a really hardened heart towards um, those people instead of like showing compassion and showing them like the way like around the school and stuff as someone who's completely new from China I found myself like just like running away from them and like wanting to not have any association with them and 
I guess that's not like directly racist, but I found myself just treating other Asian people like that. Like it was a shame for them to be Asian. And that was like an effect off of what was going on in my own heart and like my own experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you're talking about how you had foreign exchange students at your school in Canada, I am thinking and I'm like, I don't think I've ever really met anyone who was from China and unless if I was in China growing up. So where I lived, it was mostly Hispanic and white. So I never really was around Asians and I did go to China a lot growing up. So every year I would go to China, my mom would take me and my brother and we would spend summers there. So there would be times when we would be there for three months. So my mom would put us into like summer school there. And me and my brother being from America, we were fluent in English, but we also did know Mandarin. So we would be around all these other Asian kids in school. And then to be super cool, and me and my brother would just speak English to each other and be like, oh, all these other kids don't know what we're talking about. And we're just so cool because we're from America. So I feel like that is um, a little bit of an American pride creeping into me uh, growing up. But, but yeah, like growing up, I guess being in America, I was just like, you know, I'm an American and I really want to want to separate myself from being Asian and then going to China every year. I would hate going to China, first of all, because, you know, just with the, I guess, the shame of being Chinese or the shame of my parents being immigrants, I would be like, I don't really want to go to China. So during the summer, you know, when we all come back from school or we, when we all go back to school, people are like, what'd you do this summer? I'd be like, oh, I just, you know, went somewhere for a few months. But I would never really go into my travels because people would be like, oh, you, you little Chinese girl going back home or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, going to China, it was definitely interesting for me being like, this is where my parents are from. This is kind of where my roots are from. But I really don't associate myself with any of this. And a lot of that really changed growing up, which I'm sure we'll go more into um, later in the conversation. Yeah, totally. And I feel like I missed out so much growing up. Um, just on like learning the Asian culture. I'm so thankful that my parents really pushed me to learn Cantonese because now I see it as like something super useful. But I just wish I like really asked them more questions about the Asian culture. Like if you asked me like, oh, describe what it's like being Asian. Like, I really wouldn't know what to tell you other than the fact that, like, maybe we do, like, red envelopes once a year. But I don't even know what holiday that is. I think it's Lunar New Year or something. Chinese New Year. Yeah, Chinese New Year. But, like, I just feel like I missed out so much on, like, well, number one, like, learning my parents, like, learning the culture that they grew up in because my parents are also immigrants. They're from Hong Kong. And... I feel like I just, there's a whole chunk of them that I don't know about. And there's a whole chunk of myself that I don't know about. Like, sometimes I feel like, like being Asian and being me feels like two different things. And I think over the past few years, I've been trying to uncategorize those two things and just like understand that like being Asian is a part of who I am. Like I am Asian. I can't like separate myself from that. Um, And I think a lot of kids who grew up in, like, 
like even interracial homes, like just trying to figure out like, who am I? Like there's like two different parts of me and it's hard to like reconcile both of them. So yeah, Josephine, I'm curious, how has racism growing up affected you now? Yeah, so I think, I think it's always made me a little bit ashamed as I talked about earlier about being Asian. So the, the biggest thing for me is speaking Chinese in public or letting other people hear me speak Chinese. So with my parents, we speak Chinese because that's their language and that's the language that we spoke growing up. So that's the only language I speak with my parents. Um, I don't speak English with them. I just speak Chinese with a little bit of English thrown in there if I don't know a word. So we'll call it Chinglish. And um, yeah, so growing up, I would hate speaking Chinese in front of people. If my parents called me on the phone, I would pick up and be like, hello, and only speak in English. And then if other people heard me speaking in Chinese, they'd be like, oh my gosh, can you speak Chinese to us? Can you say a certain phrase? And they would always just be like pressuring me to speak Chinese. And I, and I think growing up, part of it was a little bit like, oh, we're going to make fun of you a little bit. But also part of it was, I think, genuine curiosity in the Chinese language. But I was always so ashamed because I would be the only person speaking Chinese or the only person who knew Chinese. So I just felt like a minority. Um, but I guess I really should feel really, I guess, special and smart for knowing another language because as I grew up, a lot of people were like, you know, not a lot of people know a second language to the point that you do at this age because I was completely fluent and Chinese and English. Um, and I also did go to Chinese school growing up, took the Chinese SAT. I know, uh, you know, I learned how to read and write. So I was completely fluent and I was so embarrassed about that. But more people were pointing it out like adults in my life. Um, going like, you know, that's something a lot of people don't have. So I think you can use it as a skill to leverage, um, you know, your, your career in the future or just as, as a person and just having the, a second language in your back pocket. That's pretty cool. So I slowly learned how to be okay with speaking Chinese in front of people. And now today I'm totally fine speaking Chinese on the phone and in front of other people or in public, but that didn't really become a thing until about like five years ago. I feel like college really changed me with my, with my approach to racism and diversity. So, so yeah, college really did change a lot of the ways that I felt shame in being Chinese, but also the way that I viewed diversity. Hmm. So do you feel like you still struggle with being Asian sometimes? Yeah, so I think at this point, I really have embraced being Asian and being who I am. So as I think you were talking about earlier, how you felt like you're still trying to, you, you used to feel like you had two different identities. Is that what you were saying earlier? Just being Asian American um, or Canadian. Mm-hmm. So I think... I think at this point, I have actually gotten to be really good at just being Josephine, an Asian who really loves the Chinese culture, but also an American who lives in America and, you know, has grown up here. So that that really happened, that really changed for me when I was in college. 
So up until I was in college, I was always ashamed. I was always like, you know, being Chinese isn't cool. But then I think my first encounter with embracing being Chinese happened when I was in Kenya. So I had never thought it was cool to be Chinese. I always just was like, you know, whatever, I'm an American. Um, and then I went to Kenya and my entire team was white. <laughs> so there was, there was nine of us, I think. So eight people were white. I was the only Asian. And then when we were in the slums and I got out of the bus, every, all the kids just started screaming Chinese at me. They would, they would just point at me and be like, Chinese, Chinese. And then they would also um, say Mzungu, which means white people to like everybody else. But I was really special for being Chinese. And the adults would always be like, wow, you, you know Chinese? Like, wow, are you Chinese? Wow, like, are you from China? They would ask all these questions. And as a kid, those questions would actually be really insulting to me. But these people were genuinely so interested in me being Chinese. And they would ask all these questions about about me being Chinese that I was super weirded out at first. And then somebody explained to me, they were like, you know, Kenya as an African uh, like culture, we really appreciate the Chinese people. They're like, we really love China. And we actually have a lot of Chinese people who live in Kenya. So we love our Chinese friends. And I'm like, wow, I feel so special. And we just, they just really embraced me for being Chinese. And then at that point, that was right before I went to college. So then I went to college and then um, we really talked about diversity a lot in my four years in college. And even though there was quite a bit of white people <laughs> at my college, they really were genuinely embracing my, I guess, me as a Chinese person. So a lot of people were genuinely interested in being like, okay, yeah, like, you know, tell me about your, your experience with being Chinese and tell me about your parents and their journey as an immigrant. And people would really appreciate that. And it was really respected compared to growing up. I think most high schoolers, middle schoolers and kids just made fun of me for it. But then in college, people really just wanted to learn and hear, hear about it. And knowing Chinese as a second language was really cool to them. So I feel like that shift kind of happened as I went into college, because before I was like, being Chinese is not cool. It's kind of shameful. And then you make that switch to me going to Kenya and then going to college. Everybody was like, you need to embrace this. You need to embrace your diversity and who you are. So that's when I really grew a lot in my four years of college. And then I think at this point, it's been a couple of years since I graduated. And I feel like I really have grown into being like, okay, yeah, I'm Chinese. I know Mandarin. You know, I'll eat Chinese food, but I also am American because I, I grew up here and I live here. So I really learned how to mesh that together, mesh those um, together and just be Josephine, you know, not as somebody who's Chinese or not as an Asian American, but just being me. Um, yeah, I guess that's my experience now. Yeah. Yeah, I think college was definitely a turning point for me too. And I think that was largely because I went to a Bible college. So ministry formation and spiritual formation was a huge part of that. And um, I think when we both went to college, that's when the conversation around diversity, like really, really heightened because our generation is like the one that is like really advocating for um, equity and equality, right? Yeah. So I 
Yeah, college was definitely a turning point for me too, where I finally saw people genuinely like embracing who I was and um, not the person that I was trying to come across. Like people started asking me like, oh, like, like what's your Asian cult? Like not just like being like petty or like, um, like really shallow and I don't, I don't want to say shallow and curious, but like just kind of asking very shallow, curious questions. Um, mm-hmm. They really wanted to get to know me and like really wanted to get to know like the difference it was growing up um, as an Asian. I'm just going to say Asian American because North America. Um, Asian American. <laughs> so yeah, college was huge for me. But before that, and even during college, honestly, like Um, my roommate, Katie, she would always call me out on things that I would say that um, I picked up as I grew up. But um, when I took pictures, as an example, when I would take pictures with my friends, I would always ask them, do I look too Asian in this? And then my friend Katie would always say to me, like, what does that even mean? Like, you are Asian. So like, what, how can you look too Asian or like not Asian, you know? And I think growing up, even just like how I did my makeup and everything, I wanted to look more white. I wanted to make sure like my, the way my eyeliner was done, um, it would make my eyes look bigger. <laughs> um, just so, yeah, like face makeup, everything. And um, there was also this thing called like, I don't know, you would put it on your eye and basically it would help it crease. Like it would give like your Asian eyes like a crease. And I remember just like asking my mom like over and over again, like if I could do that, just constantly trying to look more white. And it's it's kind of sad like when you talk about it because it's like, why would you like, why would you want to look more white when you're Asian? But it's just kind of what I experienced. And yeah just like even the way you dress making sure you don't like stick out like a sore thumb because there's like asian style and there's like american style so just starting to shop at stores that were less offensive to people who aren't asian you know so i definitely i feel like race like racism growing up like that really really affected me and even to this day, like, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around, like, what it means to be Asian and just, like, respecting that Imago Day in myself, I guess, understanding that, like, every race is Imago Day and it's okay that I'm Asian and not white and I can still be um, a bear of the image of God, you know? So, yeah racism did a number on me for sure growing up (laughs) um yeah so do you feel like so growing up did you feel like anyone defended you like when people were being racist or was it more just like like you know how people write it off as just like a joke was it like more like that growing up what do you mean people write it off as a joke like I would write it off as a joke or like if somebody else if the person being racist wrote it off as a joke? Yeah, both. I think, I mean, just speaking for myself, like I definitely wrote off when people were being racist and just said, oh, they're just like joking around or um, the other person would do that too. Yeah, I think a lot of it really went over my head growing up, a lot of the racist jokes. I think I would hear it and I would kind of understand it, but 
with their intention. It would go a little bit over my head, but then as it kept going, I think I started to realize like, hey, I think they're not being that nice to me. So I, I, I really can't remember a time when somebody was intentionally trying to be mean and racist to me and somebody had to step in and defend me. But I will say that I had to defend my parents a lot against people who are racist and against people who saw my parents as Asian and older. And then they would, instead of talking to my parents in English, they would talk to me and be like, sweetie, can you translate this for your parents? But we all perfectly know how to understand. We all perfectly understand English, you know, and like a waitress or like a hotel concierge would be speaking directly to me in English when my parents can understand perfectly. So I would say that those situations really bothered me. And when that happens, I would get defensive and I would act really standoffish towards that person and be like, my parents know English. You can talk to them. Um, or I would, you know, speak. So whatever the person would say to me, I would say it to my parents, but in English. And just to prove a point being like, you could have said this directly to them because you don't need me, a child who's grown up in America to translate for you. Yeah, I definitely have experienced the exact same thing. And yeah, it's just so fun. I mean, my parents, they don't, they're not completely fluent in English. So it was a little bit like it made sense for people to ask me to translate for them. But I remember growing up, like I hated translating for my parents too. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it was a little different for you because your parents spoke English, but my parents did not speak it very well. So as a kid, like I would always be asked to translate or like my mom would always ask me like, oh, what is this word in English? And I think somewhere in between, like, you just get impatient as a kid because you don't want to, like, teach your parents, like, a whole new language. So I, like, became kind of, like, <laughs> mean towards my parents, and it's sad, but that's just, like, the reality of it. I just got really annoyed every time I would be asked to translate or just, like, be like, rule the world. Like, why do, not, why do my parents not speak English? So I think... I experienced that a little bit different from you, but um, yeah, I would also get defensive of my parents and just wanting to protect them and their honor and just be like, it's okay that they don't speak English. Like you don't have to be rude about it. And I think mm -hmm. I've personally seen people be rude to my parents because they don't speak English and it's just really annoying and really just unnecessary, <laughs> I think. But let's go back, let's loop back to the college conversation because I think both of us said that um, college was really like a turnaround for us. So what mm -hmm. about college really helped you? Yeah, I think first of all, it was the people that I met and the friends that I made because they, so I did go to a Christian school where everybody has a lot of feelings and is very respectful and has a big heart and understands what it means that you know god made everybody equal and to treat them right so i feel like i feel like that was a really big difference between the the very secular world that i i was in moving into this christian bubble um not to call it a christian bubble in a negative way but yeah so so i think it was a big difference going from a secular setting and then going into a christian school where 
they really embrace diversity. And I don't know if it just happened to be the time that diversity started to become more of a conversation or if it's just because of the college that I went to. But I will say that I think during the years that you and I were both in college, that we were both in college, um, that diversity as a whole, just in America and in the world started becoming more of a conversation because I remember growing up and my mom would would tell me that, you know, if I wanted to get hired, I would have to seem like I'm more American. So instead of putting my last name as W-A-N-G Wang, the Chinese last name, um, you know, she said that maybe putting it as an American last name might help me. So I would put W-A-Y-N-E as, you know, kind of my, my cover name. So that was kind of what society was like before I went to college. And then I think after we both went to college, um, I think people started realizing that we need more diversity in the workplace. We need more minorities in places. So then I feel like there was a big transition in society as a whole, but also in our experiences going to college. So a lot of my friends would genuinely be like, wow, like, how was it growing up as an as an Asian American or how is it, you know, speaking Chinese to your parents? How is it having them be immigrants? And my mom and dad also travel a lot to China and my mom spent most of my college living in China. She would spend most of the year, you know, living there and then she'd come back sometimes. So whenever people would be like, oh, like, you know, when do you see your parents? They'd be like, well, you know, I really don't see them that often because they're in China. And they'd be like, wow, how is that? Are you an international student? But they would say that not in a, like a mean joking way, but genuinely being like, oh, like, what's your, what's your situation like? And everybody just really found it intriguing. And they were so respectful towards me and me as an Asian, I guess. So that's when I felt really appreciated as an Asian. And that's when I felt like there wasn't that big of a gap in between me and my friends. Um, and I also did make a wide variety of, I also made friends who were pretty diverse. So there was a lot of different races represented in my group of friends. So I feel like that also helped because I wasn't the minority. I wasn't the only Asian in the whole group of friends, you know, um, like there is white, Hispanic, black, Middle Eastern, African, like all these different races and countries coming together in college. So that really helped me too. Yeah, just very similar to what you said. I think it's the relationship piece where you all come from like different little cities, wherever you come from, you know, and then you come into a new place where there's usually a lot more diversity. And yeah, I think when that happens, like you're bound to make relationships with people who don't act like you, who don't look like you, who come from different places than you. And I mean, even speaking from like my standpoint, like I came into college and I didn't know a single Hispanic person. So just like being able to make relationships with people who are Hispanic and learning their culture, Mexican, El Salvadorian, whatever, just like learning about people who are different from me um, really helped me build bridges, I think. And I, I just like, that just comes to show that relationships are so important when you're trying to approach the conversation on racism, right? Because it's hard to, racism is kind of a sensitive topic. Like even for myself, I don't just talk about it with anyone. And 
like relationship really is so important when you're trying to become someone who actively fights for racial reconciliation. Um, just knowing people and building relationships with them gives you kind of like an open door to their life and um, really help you learn about them and just speak truth into their life and really affirm that like their culture is something worth embracing. And I think that's just kind of what happened to me where um, before I went to college, I was like a very closed off person and being in such close proximity with everyone when you're living in a dorm, it forces you to be vulnerable and be open about your life. And when people, when people actually are respectful, when you open up and become people that you can trust, it's really nice because it brings like a little bit of healing to what um, you've experienced as a child. Um, but it also sucks when you come across people that you shouldn't have trusted and they miss misplace the things that like you're telling them and just kind of minimize your problems and say, oh, like... I mean, Asians compared to Black people, like, you guys aren't experiencing anything, you know? And I guess we can talk about that a little bit, too. Like, obviously, like, Asian people do not experience the extent of racism that the Black community does. But also, like, not, like, you don't have to, like, minimize, like, the racism that Asian people have gone through in order to affirm the Black community, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like when it comes to the topic of racism, you hear about it for a lot of, a lot of races, and you, you know, it is a pretty talked about topic, but I never hear about it for Asians, and it could be for multiple reasons that are perfectly valid, but I really have never thought about Asians going through racism growing up. I, I was like, you know, I'm Asian. I don't go through racism because it doesn't really happen in America while I would hear about racism for other people. So, yeah, so that's something that I never really thought about. And yeah, I don't know what to say. Yeah, no. So I've heard someone say to me once, um, and this was actually pretty recent, so it was kind of awkward when they said it, but they basically said to me, well, at least like if people are racist towards you they're just saying you're really smart <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. that is so dumb because our stereotype is like we're really good at math and everything <laughs> it's like yeah. so but then it like rise it raises up like this weird pressure where like because you're asian you feel like you need to be smart in order to like fit into their mold like i just don't like that was just a very bad statement that was said. oh yeah so I've never believed in fitting into any stereotypes or any molds whether that's with you know race or gender or anything that you know people have stereotypes about so when people do bring that up I I really just have to let it slide and not let it slide in a way where I'm like oh what you're saying is okay but let it slide for myself where I don't put that pressure on myself or I don't think about it too much because I've never really been good at school. So a lot of people will be like, oh, well, you're Asian. Shouldn't you be getting A's and B's? And, you know, I think if I really did put that pressure on myself, that would not make my life really good. So I just have to let it slide and be like, you know what? I'm Asian, but I also get bad grades and that's totally fine. 
or I'm Asian and I, this is something a lot of people make fun of me for, but I don't use chopsticks and that's totally fine. Who cares? You know? So I feel like, I feel like as Asians or as um, any other race or as, you know, any gender we are, we really can't try to fit into any mold because of what other people say that we have to like look like or act like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess that's where we kind of deferred growing up because you really like fought against the racism and really fought against the stereotypes, but I kind of like took them on as like my identity. And I really felt like, oh, like if they say I'm smart, then like I should live up to that or, you know, X, Y, Z. But it just comes to show that like when you, like even now, like a lot of people, maybe not now, but a few years ago, um, people would be like, oh, I mean, that's just like a joke, you know, like it's okay if you say it, even though it's like low-key, like racist. Um, Like it just comes to show that like you never know how people are going to respond to those types of comments and jokes, right? Like if someone made a racist joke to you, you would probably just be like, "Uh, like that's funny, like you don't actually, like you would just like shake it off, you know? But then for me, it would be like I would take it on as like my personal um issue so it just comes to show that like i don't know racist racist jokes period should just not be a thing like Mm -hmm. you should never like i don't know it's just kind of like a low blow like using someone's skin color or like how they look to like make fun of them or like use as a joke i'm just like you don't have anything like better in your pockets like that's really Mm -hmm. what you're gonna like make a joke about you know yeah, and anybody who makes any racist jokes against me that is actually offensive, I will I will turn that back on them. And I'll be like, really think about what you're saying and how you're contributing to this problem. And I can, you know, turn it back on you and say something racist against you. But I'm not going to because I'm a lot better than you. <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't say that. But I, I really, I think if it's truly offensive and it doesn't, it really kind of tears people down. I don't stand for that. And a lot of people know that I don't. So they don't even try to make jokes with me anymore. Like sometimes we'll have a little like fun, fun, like a little back and forth. But yeah, I don't, I don't think racist jokes or gender jokes or some really sensitive topics are okay to really take lightly or to even joke about. So, so at this point, if people do make a joke, I don't, I don't stand for it, but I also don't let it get to me yeah 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 but I will say that um I feel like diversity and racism has gotten like a lot better in in America throughout the years from what I've noticed or at least what I've experienced I don't know if it I don't know if it's because I'm around more mature people now or if I'm more if I'm just more I guess mature and just don't listen to that stuff but I will say that during this time of coronavirus, it has been kind of hard on the Asian community because it did start in China. Uh-huh. And a lot of people, there, there is a lot of talk in the world about going like, you know, did the Chinese people start it? Or, you know, was this intentional? And we blame the Chinese people because of this Chinese virus and stuff. So I will say that that has been really interesting this year, but Mm -hmm. something that really stood out to me was I, I started seeing on the news that people were literally 
doing acts of violence, physical violence against Chinese people, especially in the South. Um, like I read in Texas, I think that this white man just walked up to a Chinese family in Costco or Sam's Club and just started stabbing them because this, this was probably in April when, when coronavirus was really getting to its peak in, in America. But he started stabbing them because he was like, it's all your fault that coronavirus is here. And innocent people are getting blamed for this, for this pandemic. And that's something that really got to my dad because I, I would say my dad has really, really thick skin and he moved here from China, but he really hasn't let racism get to him. And he's, he's always been really good about this stuff. But he was actually scared. He was like, I don't know if I want to leave my house and go into public because people are really racist towards Chinese people right now. And he, he, you know, we live in Southern California, so I don't know if that really would be as big of a deal compared to the South. But he was actually scared and that pissed me off because I was like, my dad or my mom or anybody else in the Chinese community shouldn't have to be scared for being Chinese or for looking like what they look like because there's a pandemic, um, which is completely not anybody's fault. So that that really got to me. So I feel like this year has been really interesting for the whole Chinese racism topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. So at the beginning of the quarantine, Josephine and I kind of had like these Zoom hangouts with our friends and I remember Josephine say, like, I remember you saying one time that you were just walking, like, on the sidewalk. Like, this was earlier on in the quarantine. And you had, like, you were just walking on the sidewalk. And then these two ladies, like, literally, <laughs> like, jumped out of the way or something when you walked past them. Um, which, I mean, it could be a non-race thing, but the likelihood of it that it was because you were Chinese was pretty likely. But yeah, no, racism in this year specifically has been really interesting for me because I feel like I was like finally doing so well with like being Asian and then this pandemic happened and all of a sudden like when I'm grocery shopping, like I'm scared that like people are going to think that I have the coronavirus just because I'm Asian and like I feel like people are avoiding me or looking at me funny. And yeah, like the the term China plague or I don't know how, like what people- Chinese virus. Yeah, the Chinese virus or like I've heard China plague, like especially by like leaders of this nation, like it's very offensive. And yeah, I'm definitely not okay with that. It's been kind of weird kind of wrestling with that. Um, but I do feel like growing up with racism as like a thing, like has kind of taught me to, I mean, like I used to respond, like taking things personally, like, and getting offended by it. But now I think I have thicker skin because of what I've experienced as a kid. And it sucks that we even need to have thicker skin um, to like defend ourselves or like not get hurt by racist comments, but um, I do really feel like I have thicker skin to face like the racism that Chinese people are um, experiencing this year. And it really is sad. I mean, like, yeah, I don't, who knows if the pandemic and the virus really came from China. And even if it was like, 
a whole race shouldn't be pinned down for um, something that happened with one person, just like how if like if you've ever experienced violence with a black person like that should not be like generalized to all black people it's not okay to do that um it's just not fair you know Mm -hmm. yeah and i have never felt like i stood out as a chinese person just generally growing up because because i do live in a pretty I would say that Southern California being diverse helps, but also I grew up being a minority because of the schools I went to as being, um, you know, one of the only Chinese people or one of the only Asians. Even, even that, I never really felt like I stood out too much. So the fact that I really felt and noticed me being Chinese and really felt like, oh, this is what it's like to be a minority, you know, um, this year, I feel like that really speaks a lot to the whole situation going on. But yeah, I will say that I've never really felt like I stood out until this year. And I did grow up as one of the only Chinese people in my school. So that speaks a lot to the situation of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, when I was growing up, like, I would just get racist comments here and there, but, like, me personally feeling like I stand out in a crowd of people, like, I haven't really experienced that until this year, so it's definitely been a whole new, whole new thing in my life um, this year with the pandemic, but, yeah, like, I quarantined in Vancouver for a bit, and There's a lot of Asian people there, so I feel like that wasn't as bad, but definitely when I flew back to LA and now I'm in Colorado, like I definitely feel like I get more stares, especially now I'm in a very predominantly white community. (laughs) Like it's definitely just different. But yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up this conversation. I hope that um, this conversation gave insight to anyone who was wondering what racism was like for an Asian person. Um, Again, like we really don't, I mean, I don't want to generalize like all Asian people. I'm sure some people really do get like bullied physically, but for Josephine and I, like it really has been more of like a verbal emotional thing. So yeah, I hope that this was informative. I hope that it was insightful for you guys and Um, Yeah, that was Asian American Perspective on Racism with Josephine Wang. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Kingdom Convos. If you liked our conversation, don't forget to subscribe for similar episodes. You can connect with me by following my social media, and you can find that in the details. Remember that your story is the best story to tell, and use every opportunity today to share yours. Thanks for listening.